Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Peak Prosperity Off the Cuff podcast. We are going to do this in two parts, public. Uh, we're going to be uh, talking about all sorts of great things with Dr. Simon Godek. Uh, Simon, hey, so good to have you in the program. We just met each other in person for the first time at Porkfest in New Hampshire, and boy, that was uh, so much fun meeting you. Yeah, thanks also for meeting you in, at Porkfest. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Pork, P-O-R-C, as in porcupine, not not the pork. Uh, but but it's it's a bunch of libertarians. RFK was speaking there. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy was there. A um, lot of interesting people there. Of course, you were there. The Brownstone Tent was there. The FLCCC doctors were there. Some of them talking about things. So, um, uh, but to introduce people to who you are, I mean, uh, you, you're a, just like all of us, a before and after story, before COVID, after. And to set that up, I just want to start with um, something real quick here, if I can. And uh, that would be this. Um, this is your main pinned thread, and it's a wonderful thread. I would direct people to go there. You got 4.6 million impressions on this. Follow the silenced is the hashtag on this one. And uh, you say here, you know, you're biotechnologist and um, you lost your account. Um, hold on. I'm not sure I actually got the share on that. Whoops. There it is. Now people can see it. Sorry, my yeah. bad. Um, uh, so, yeah, as I mentioned, all those views. But you lost your account. Take us through it like before and after. Who were you like? What were you up to? COVID hits. How'd you lose the account? So I was I was up to I was a biotechnologist before COVID hit. I was pursuing a scientific career. I was I was quite good at it. I had like many, well, I still have many citations. It was all going the right way. I was uh, about to start my second postdoc. Um and yeah, then then COVID hit, as, as you just said, and I, I, I spoke out publicly. Um, first, I didn't, I didn't make up, I didn't make a social media account right away because I'm, I'm very, I was very critical towards Twitter, especially towards Mark Zuckerberg Media, um, which is now called Meta. I think back then it was just like Instagram and Facebook. So I was like, yeah, I'm a scientist. I gotta do what a scientist does, and I wrote a paper about vitamin D, and um. I was quite aware that vitamin D can is like the solution to almost every health issue. And there were many people who took vitamin D without K2. And I was aware of the fact that you need to take vitamin D with K2 together with K2 and magnesium um, for uh, civilization issues. So um, I was, I was just writing this paper telling, okay, guys, you need to take vitamin D with K2 and with magnesium. Um, everything is going to be fine. If you have high vitamin D levels, COVID will not be any threat to you, any other disease, most likely. So I was publishing it and I was submitting it in, in April 2020, which was very early. So so COVID hit, um, I think Brazil was locked down on March 20th and all the other countries a bit earlier. And so I was just taking some, some weeks, some weekends and just writing it on the paper and I submitted it to a high-ranked journal. They were like, oh, this is an amazing paper. I got like three peer reviewers that went through it and like the only minor minor suggestions um, of what to change of, of the paper. And I was making these, um, I mean, I was just fixing these issues or let's let's say um, I was doing what they want me to do. <laughs> that's what you, that's what peer review is about. And it got published and it got published in June, in June 2020. And that's when it started. So my university got mails like, okay, one of your um, employees uh, is spreading pseudoscience. 
and uh, I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> that, that that's that's not the case." And I and they also accused me of selling vitamin D back then. I've never earned any euro of of of, of vitamin D until 2023. Um, I wasn't even thinking about selling vitamin D products. I mean, why should I? I mean, as a scientist, I don't open up a vitamin D company. I had my job, I had my income. I didn't have time to do that anyway. And um, yeah, I got into trouble and I had to show everything. I had to prove everything that I wasn't selling vitamin D. I had to show it to my university, to the journal. My university had then had to write a letter to the journal telling them, no, I really didn't sell vitamin D and that the university was aware that I was publishing this paper and it isn't soon scientific. And I was kind of shocked, especially in that time, I was also calling out vitamin D papers that were fake. So in the beginning of COVID, there were many fake vitamin D papers, especially from, from Southeast Asia. And I was calling them out. I was like, this is fake data. This is fake. This is fake. There were papers that said like, okay, if you have a vitamin D blood serum level of higher than 35, um, the, you don't get sick at all, like zero. And I, I knew it can't be right. So I was calling it out. I figured out there was like some, some medical student behind it who was just faking the data just to get some, get, just to get some fame. I put it on my, so I made, made Twitter and I put it on Twitter and uh yeah well i got like 10 likes i was like wow 10 likes on twitter wow i have a huge account so i had like maybe 10 15 followers um and it kept like that until i think december just before christmas in 2020 when um friends of mine asked me if i if i wouldn't want to look into the corman drosten paper or the pcr um, protocol paper they knew i was a um, editor of a journal of a q1 journal and if I had time to look into some process, I'm like, ah, oh, why, why not? Why not? They gave me the paper and it actually, I figured out they only, they previewed this paper within, um, or like from submission to publication was less than one day. I was like, that can't be. And they were like, would you want to write a thread on Twitter about that? I was like, hey, how does this work? So they showed me like, you write a thread like this and then, you know, I was just doing it. I was just doing it the way I would do it. You know, uh, I did it. And that's when the shit hit the fan for, for my, for my private and my professional life, unfortunately. And, and this this is the, the the Drosten paper that that where they were announcing um this PCR test that that is that the one where yeah. they basically had received some code in an email and within twenty four hours they'd said oh here's a <laughs> here's the appropriate PCR primer test as if we just make these things up instantly and off you go right um it is a very very dodgy paper to have been turned around in the uh, length of time they said they did and then that became the standard. For testing that we now know was inappropriate theoretically in the first case but second of all was probably dishing up massive numbers of false positives in how it was even administered with cycle thresholds uh, cts of 40 or 42 or 45 case depending right yeah 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 that's that's totally correct um i mean there there were more things that were raising red flags so there was some slovene um lab that beginning of January stated that they have um, extensively tested this PCR protocol. And beginning of January, extensively tested. So you had like this New Year's Eve break at the Christmas break. So when did they receive their, these PCR tests to test it? Must have been beginning of December. And I mean, like Chinese publicly says the first case was like just before Christmas in 2019. So there's lots of stuff that doesn't add up. Also, that the co-author of this of this of this paper, uh, Myron Kopmans, was in this WHO committee who declared this test gold standard just like one day after it got published and two days after it got submitted. So there are many red flags and nothing adds up. But I mean, like this this is the only thing I did. I mean, as a science, I was just raising questions. 
I wasn't saying like, oh, this corrupt piece of, you know, no, it was just raising questions. Like, how is this, how, how can this be? I even tagged the, there's the Dutch committee for scientific integrity. I even tagged them and like, look into this case and only backfired. I mean, they should have investigated her right away, but it only backfired against me. Um, my university back then got many emails, many complaints. None of these were factual. All of these, all my questions were legitimate. And um, I eventually got dismissed um, two months later, um, which was unfortunate. <laughs> and another three what, what months later. What was the reason given? Uh, so the reason given is that my postdoc project ran out. It was finished. But I got follow-up funding, which I wrote in my free time. This is scandalous. So in my free time, I wrote a, a follow-up funding a proposal with a chance of 1% to get the money, and I got the money. So I got the money personally, but I got it for the university. So it has never happened before that the university says, like, okay, thanks for the money, we take someone else. But that's what they said to me. They said, like, you are too critical, and we need a less critical um, postdoc. I'm like, okay, but postdocs, we need to be critical. That's science. And they're like, no, I'm too critical. And um, so this was the case, and I was just like, hey, now I'm jobless. I got them, like, millions <laughs> and i'm jobless and um, what am i supposed to do and yeah i was just I, I still had some money left but i i eventually bought like some some with all the savings i bought like some land in brazil um because i knew over here i mean i could sustain myself i wouldn't have big expenses like in the netherlands you pay like one one thousand five hundred two thousand dollars for rent and i i would i would run out of money within a short period of time so i was just going to brazil I was continuing to tweet and I got, I think I got, um, I got 10 times suspended and the last one was a permanent suspension. Um, several of them were because of my vitamin D paper. So I cited my own vitamin D paper. I posted a link to the own vitamin D paper of mine and I got like a, I think a one week suspension twice and eventually got booted off Twitter for asking the Bulgarian Foundation. So why they invested, I think it was $35 million into BioNTech in September 2019. And I put a link to the website. <laughs> they proved me right. I mean, and they said like, COVID misinformation, goodbye. So I lost my account. I had then 45,000 followers, which I considered a lot, which was a lot because I just used Twitter for like several months. Um, and just after that, I got a job in Norway with the money I raised for the Dutch university and it was like a, a joint project with uh, several universities involved and I was working in Norway without any issue because I didn't have Twitter <laughs> so nobody was reporting me to them <laughs> um, so I was working as a scientist just as it used to be for one and a half years no problem I mean I had my, my getter my telegram channel I was still raging there as usual um, but I mean it, it's like an echo chamber you know telegram is sort of an echo chamber and uh, a bubble and nobody cared um, until I got my Twitter back. Um, I think it was end of December, 2022. So let, let's, can I rewind to the, um, that original vitamin D paper that seemed to kick this all off. Mm -hmm. What did you say in that one that, um, you think was caused trouble? Nothing. There is nothing, um, in there that caused trouble, but back in the times, the media, especially the mainstream media was saying that vitamin D um, supporters are conspiracy theorists so there were many media in the netherlands and also in social media virologists were stating that like vitamin d vitamins don't help so like, they always have vitamins <laughs> they don't say um 
immunoregulating vitamin. They always say, oh, these vitamins. Um, and I mean, if you, if it's not your field, and in my faculty, it was the faculty of mathematics statistics um, back in that time, um, they knew nothing about vitamin D. How would they? They are number people. They could, they could just have checked my paper and, and, and checked the numbers that are stated and uh, check the um, papers I referred to and they would see, okay, what he's saying is correct. But they didn't do it because, yeah, it was like the main perception of society that vitamin D, ivermectin, etc., are rather dangerous than, um, than beneficial. And that got me in trouble. So uh, I was I was noting all of these vitamin D developments early on, and, and it just seemed like a no-brainer because the therapeutic window for it is very, very wide, meaning you'd have to take, well, I had to work really hard. Maybe you could, you, you know, a lot more about it than I do. You know, my, my PhD is in pathology, subspecialty toxicology. So I go right for the, hey, where's the LD50? You know, tell tell me where the trouble starts, right? Um, the lethal dose 50. So, so uh, I couldn't find anything. I found one paper where they had really maxed out some people and they got somebody up to some obscene amount, like 250 nanograms per mole, animal, right? Um, per milliliter, uh, standard per milliliter, yes. nanograms per yeah. milliliter. At any rate, it is. Um, yeah, some obscene amount. And they're like, ah, it seems to have a little hyperkalcemia kind of a thing going on. But but it was very, like, it, I couldn't find, I found no extensive body of literature that said, wow, this is really dangerous. Um, at these what I considered extreme levels, and then I found these other papers saying, "Oh, hey, when we look at a regression of people who are in the ICU against their their vitamin D serum levels, it's a really tight relationship going trending towards zero yeah. when you have a sufficient serum level." Is any of that? Do you, what can you add to that? Was that accurate? Inaccurate? Help us help us understand certainly, that more completely. It's totally correct. Um, so, of course, there is. There are many, there are hundreds of thousands of papers, like I think thousands of papers about vitamin D out there. And, you know, they don't usually have a common methodology. So we need to understand that. So some of them, for, for example, regarding COVID, they said like, okay, we have like a very ill patient here and we will give him vitamin D orally. Um, but it takes several months to to build up or to get to, to vitamin D blood serum levels of higher than 50, which which is uh, which starts to be beneficial. So the paper would state, okay, well, um, of all these people, of all these patients who who got who got this dose, um, 10% got better or 10%, uh, yeah, um, survived or whatever whatever the statement is. Um, only few of the papers gave it uh, gave gave vitamin D as calcifedial, like. Um, that raises the blood serum level within hours. And there you can see, oh, wow, the effect is 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 impressive. And also of these papers, not all of them gave it together with K2. <laughs> uh, so so there, there are many flaws within the vitamin D papers. I'm wondering, like, how can these scientists not know how, 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 like, how it works, how vitamin D um, is, is metabolized, you know? Um, and how long it takes and what the effect is. And for example, that you have to take it really with K2 magnesium. Um, and that also there are other important factors like that you need to, to take it with a fatty meal that's fat soluble. Um, you better even take it with omega-3 fatty acids. So if, if you have, if, if, if the body is, has an omega-3 index of, of like one, which is like super low, um, even the vitamin D most likely, it has an effect, but not the effect as if you would take it together with, 
um, um, omega-3 products in general. So um, what I missed a lot is this holistic approach um, during during COVID. And and I was I was mentioning part of it in in my in my in my vitamin D paper. I even I think I even mentioned omega threes. So um, I was doing it. I was trying to make people think, make people understand how you need to take vitamin D. And many other publications were just like um, performing a clinical study. Some were even um, not even double blind. Um, so there there were many flaws. So I wrote a whole subsec articles with the flaws and 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 which vitamin D papers were actually performed correctly or which which experiments. And the clinical experiments that were performed correctly um, showed a very significant effect of, of vitamin D on the health of, of, of people and especially COVID. Well, and this is fascinating because, um, well, as a quick aside, I made some fun of this at the time, although it was a very tragic case where after a lot of pressure, the British uh, national health system said, all right, you know, we're going to start giving vitamin D to care home patients who, of course, get no natural vitamin D, just being bedridden mostly or inside. Right. And uh, and they said, all right, well, we'll, we'll, we'll do it, you know. And uh, they gave 400 units a day, which is like <laughs> homeopathic, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Where these are people who are probably severely deficient. So you can tell us what sort of the amounts they might have been taken. But then they only did that for two or three months. And then they said, look, it didn't work, which I predicted at the time. I said, they're going to give too little for too short of a time and declare victory and say that it didn't work. But it was, how, how obscene is that giving 400 units to somebody in a care home compared to what you would consider reasonable? Well, I consider reasonable. Depend, it depends on the age, the body weight. So these people need to take more. Older people need to take more. Um, so what I think, I'm 180 pounds maybe, and I take between seven and 10,000. Depends on how much I'm outside per day. So I have my I have my constant uh, five thousand I take within with my own product, and then I I add vitamin D on top of it. Um, so that's that's my personal approach. But of course, giving giving people in an elderly home four hundred um, per day is like someone who's anorexic and you want to like get him back, get him back in shape, just uh, give a leaf of lettuce. <laughs> it's like <laughs> not working. <laughs> so um, I think, but you know, the NHS, I think it was the NHS who were like, okay, hey, this is the amount people should take per day maximum. Um, and they know better, but there must be some corruption with big pharma. I think if everybody took vitamin D, omega threes, and even um, borax, maybe even per day, just like a tip of a if a knife, just for detoxification and getting heavy metals out of your system, we would, yeah, I think most of of the hospitals, most of the dogs would, uh, yeah, would lose their patients. And of course, they're good dogs who want to lose their patients. Don't misunderstand me, but uh, the general um, big pharma system is afraid of healthy people. I mean, they they want to keep them chronically ill. And like following a healthy approach regarding diet, um, dietary supplements and exercise uh, would literally make everyone on this planet healthy. And that's not what they want. I just did a, an interview that ran last week uh, with Paul Merrick and, and he has a new cancer guideline and he, he surfaced a lot of data. Um, much of it was very surprising to me. Uh, and and uh, I, that's the great thing about the whole COVID adventure is I'm now routinely surprised because I've thrown out everything I thought I knew and I'm starting over in many respects. So to find out that cancer is fundamentally a metabolic disease is a very interesting finding. Uh, people can watch that if they want, but he surfaced a paper in there where they did three interventions, vitamin D alone as a supplement, 
Uh, Omega-3 alone is a supplement. Uh, an in-home exercise program as an intervention, if you will. And each of those had an effect, but they weren't statistically significant. They had p-values of 0.06 to 0.08, something like that. But when you put all three together, very statistically significant reduction in cancer um, of just over 60%. So to me, that's a surprising huge finding that with three simple interventions that people could easily and cheaply introduce into their lives, that we could potentially reduce cancer by 60%. Um, a, are you familiar with that work? And B, if it's if it seems accurate, what explanations do we have for that information not being trumpeted loudly and often by uh, our own NIH? Yeah. So I, I've I've heard about this study. Um, I should read it because I think I'm pretty sure I will find some methodological flaws. Um, the question is: Do all of the patients do, do they all have at the end an omega three? Um, index of higher than six or seven, just like the Japanese do, you know, who hardly get any cancer, even in old ages. Um, what are the what are the final vitamin D blood serum levels of these people? Do they take it together with K2? Um, how do they exercise? Is it anaerobic, aerobic? So there, there are many questions um, regarding the study. And I, I have to look into this. I cannot judge. Uh, I cannot judge um, um, now because I, I would have to read first. But what I'm aware of, if you look, for example, at the Coimba protocol, like um, if you have cancer and 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 you just make sure your vitamin D blood serum levels are higher than 100 nanograms per milliliter, uh, it was much more effective than the chemotherapy. Um, but yeah, you know, um, many doctors are not allowed to to apply this because they could be sued, especially in in, in some countries. Um, so I think it's a systematic issue we are. We are facing but if i had cancer i would i would i would definitely follow this approach which i'm already following now to prevent cancer uh <laughs> to be honest but there there are many more genetic uh substances for example melatonin is super strong it's a super super strong um maybe one of the strongest antioxidants so every night i take 10 milligrams of melatonin um it just keeps me healthy it keeps my like my my, my I just feel totally different. Of course, I sleep a bit longer, <laughs> but I mean, like eight hours of sleep is healthy anyway. So, um, you know, it's, it's it's optimum anyway. So I I try to tweak my health and many things. I, for example, um, I already mentioned I now live in Brazil. I do homesteading, so I eat my own my own eggs, like my chickens' eggs, that don't get GMO food. They just get the their food from from the land. I I grow my own food in greenhouses without any pesticides, fungicides. So I try to live a very healthy life. Of course, it doesn't work to 100%. There, there are microplastics everywhere. There's, uh, I mean, um, there's, you're always, you're always exposed to, to stuff you shouldn't be exposed to. But I think in my case, it's, it's, it's very, it's quite limited. So, um, so at the time when you got uh, censored off Twitter, yeah, uh, you got the permanently banned. You took mm -hmm. Twitter to court. Uh, uh, curiously, you say you lost um, whatever yeah. the case was. <laughs> but you now know, of course, that you were caught up in a mass censorship, disinformation, misinformation campaign by the White House, CISA, public private partnerships, all the stuff that that Matt Taibbi and Schellenberger have, have uh, surfaced and are, you know, through the releases that came out of Twitter files, all of that other stuff. But you were up against a really big machine that. I guess I'm going to have to call it a, a a true fascist machine if we 
call that the merger of corporation and state, right? Yeah. It, it, it wasn't per se that anybody in the government necessarily didn't want you talking about vitamin D, but we understand the pharma industry didn't and the medical industry probably didn't. But they then leveraged their connections in 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 the in the government, if I'm to understand this correctly, in order to suppress you. Is that a do you share that? Is that how you see it now? Or is there another way to see this? So I most likely I don't have insights into into my, my personal Twitter files. So I don't know what exactly happened. But what I know is when I sued Twitter in Brazil, it was I think in June 2022. Um they sent an armada of of lawyers against me. Just not just one, <laughs> several. Must have been super expensive for them. Um, and they actually they didn't come up with um, with reasons. They just said like, look, I had a misinformation tweet here and there. I said, uh, uh, but in general, they just stated like, okay, we have the right to choose who's on our platform and who isn't. So and the judge followed this. He said, like, it's true. It's a private platform. They can choose who's using this platform and who isn't. So unfortunately, we didn't dig into my tweets. This would have been lots of fun because the judge would have to look into evidence and Twitter wouldn't have won that. So they just took another approach. They went that way. It's all public. You can just look it up. I think all um, all, all things here in Brazil are public whenever you go to court. So you, you can just look it up. And it's, I think it's 80 pages um, I didn't even read everything myself, but by my, my, my partner was telling me she's a lawyer. She, she told me what's in there. So um, that was about it. And I was like, just giving it up. I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I mean, like you, you can't, you can fight them. It's like David versus Goliath. And, uh, and I think it was like two, two weeks later, Elon Musk said like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy Twitter. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll get back. <laughs> and then in November, uh, there were rumors that they that they would uh, resurrect us in December, and that's what happened eventually. Um, I think it was the twenty seventh. I know that because it was at my parents' place in the Netherlands at the beach. Um, super super quiet night. I just heard the waves, and then I heard my mobile phone going off like crazy every two seconds, like vibration. I was like, "What's this?" The Twitter notifications. Welcome back. Welcome back. Well, I was like, "What the heck?" 3 a.m. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, this this is gonna this is gonna be hot the next couple of weeks. And it, it turned out to be true. So I want to jump forward to, to current times because um uh I, I live by the anecdote. I analyze everything like crazy, but but I figure out what's happening at the edges by these anecdotes. And the one that caught me was a uh, a work partner of mine in my company. Uh his wife was uh, talking with a bunch of other homeschooling moms, and they were talking about the Joe Rogan podcast with RFK, that then spilled over into the Peter Hotez challenge, which I'll ask, ask you to tell people about in a second. I mean, what caught me about that was he said two things. First, she had a hitch in her voice asking, seriously, what did we do to our children? Meaning, did we harm them in some way because they'd, they'd gone through the VAC schedule, you know, because their kids are older and they didn't, you know, they knew what they knew at the time. And the second thing was, he said, this is kind of a big deal because these this this group of of women they're not they're not really Joe Rogan followers so this had caught on and it became a huge sort of a an, an episode and of course um you know you've been battling uh this guy Peter Hotez uh I even hate showing his picture but um but oh, there cringe. he is yeah. uh this the boat the bow tie guy uh and you've you've been battling him for quite a while so this is um back from June uh and I believe this would be prior even to the uh rogan podcast unless i'm missing the dates wow a ton of views on that and great thread you sort of tear through everything and and, and 
you you go right for the jugular on this. You say he's been spreading lies from the beginning. Um, yeah. Here he is advocating for children to be that thing there so that they can achieve herd immunity. Um, and of course, his narrative was uncritically pushed. So so you you take people through this whole thought process around this guy. In many ways, he's just a metaphor, one of many, one of many minions in, in this particular story. But but uh, can we talk about uh, like like that incident there and, and what's going on? And, and uh, you can see the smile. I actually like <laughs> knowing that these people are on their heels a little bit and that the tables have turned to some extent. And they're starting to feel to me extremely defensive. Paul Offit, um, all of them, right? They're, they're just they're yeah. so. Where, where take us through this? How do you see this whole? Yeah, thing? first of all, first of all, minions are cute, and, and Peter Hout is the opposite. So <laughs> he's probably these, you know, these these um, purple minions that turn to these monsters. So um, I, I took Peter Hout on. I think before I got suspended from Twitter in 2021, I had very bad experience with this man. Uh, I was calling him out on, on, on stuff like herd immunity and on his lies uh, prior 2021 and, and post, because I think in 2020, he said like, oh, you can't, you can't vaccinate people against respiratory virus. It's dangerous. And he suddenly changed within a week. I was calling him out and I even called him, I called him Dr. Evil. I was like, look, Dr. Evil is, is, is striking again. And then it started. He's, he, he was playing his anti-Semitism card right away. Like you call a Jewish doctor, uh, Jewish professor, Doctor Evil. I mean, he—they claimed he and Yemi claimed that evil is associated with Jewish people. I mean, like I didn't even know they were Jewish. And B, this is like a super crazy statement, by the way. And I would be anti-Semitic, and I got a big shitstorm because he back then already had hundred thousand followers. I had maybe twenty thousand. So big shitstorm. Simon, you hate Jews. I'm like, no. I was just like tr justifying myself. No, I don't. Look, no, but never, never justify myself again. Doesn't work. So because they would like, come back stronger. But this is what happened. And uh, I kept on my Telegram. I kept on posting about his lies. Every time he was like on the on the TV, I could. Uh, he was lying. I was just showing. Look, he lied again. I wrote a Substack articles about him. The uh, suspicious ethics of 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 Peter Hotas. And then, of course, when 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 the incident with Joe Rogan happened, I was recycling part of it and like working out some 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 new facts, and I was just making it a thread, which went viral. I think it has several had several millions of views, just to show that this man is totally corrupt. And doesn't only stop there. So he was writing articles, scientific articles. So he has his tentacles everywhere. So he knows the public. He knows the people of from nature, of Lancet, Science, all the magazines. Um, um, Scientific American uh, he knows them all and he's publishing in all of them he can do whatever he wants he 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 like his publications are like opinion you know and he was he was for example stating that that um, anti-vexers are anti-science and our Russian trolls are pro-Russia and pro-war and they should be they should be persecuted as terrorists and stuff like that like super crazy statements. He made statements like, "Oh, we need due to COVID, we have um, we we lack of food. We need an, a vaccine against starvation um, and against malnutrition." And I'm like, "What? What, 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 what even is a vaccine against malnutrition?" I I don't know. He didn't even state it properly. He was just like making this claim that we need to vaccinate the whole world with even more stuff that are caused 
um, by by his policies or the policies he was he was uh, suggesting. So he had many publications where he was just saying anti-science, we need to fight anti-science, anti-vex, anti-science, anti-vex, anti-Semitism. We need to fight them like terrorists, they're terrorists. We need special units against them. So this guy is the real terrorist. And I say it publicly because this is like, there, to me, there is no more evil scientist than, than, than Peter Hotas of what he is claiming, what he's approaching. So I wrote the thread just showing what's really behind his face, what kind of person he is. And uh, yeah, I mean, like he blocked me. So there was no fighting back this time. He was just blocking me and uh, sending his Yemi dude again. But I mean, who's Yemi? Um, so but it's highly concerning that those who were asking questions are labeled as anti-science and uh, and that we that this yeah, that we would do anti-science aggression. All these major journals would 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 just like support him. That's 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 super scary. I mean, academia is dead, to be honest. Yeah, it certainly is. And so is journalism, because I, yeah. I mean, this, this has gotten so I'm I'm so jaded by this whole thing at this point that as soon as I hear somebody say misinformation, disinformation, malinformation, conspiracy theorist or anti-vaxxer, I write them off as a useful person that I can be talking to. I mean, that's gotten that bad. I'm just like, oh, yeah. you've got this mind virus where you've already closed your mind to information. I call them collectively i call them data hesitant and it's a, it's a it's a suffer they suffer from it it's a condition um they can't look at data they get offended by it it tells me they're operating out of belief systems not out of opinions an opinion is formed from facts you yeah. think this is the world's best cricketeer i think this is the world's best cricketeer here's some data you have different data maybe i amend what i think nothing happens but when you immediately you know, go on an inflamed attack because I say, I don't know if I should be giving this hep B vaccine to this, you know, three day old kid. Um, and you immediately, you know, burst into some sort of emotional outburst like these people are doing. Um, yeah. Well, let's turn to one of them right now, because because I think this is a tell. This tells me that we're not dealing with rational people. That's why I call them data hesitant. So so here's an exchange you had just recently, I think yesterday or with um, David Leavitt, who says people with low intelligence get easily confused. <laughs> Low intelligence ad hominems come out right away. In fact, it is possible to believe that people should be vaccinated and also that women should have the right to abortion. Just they go straight to ad hominem. Um, you, can you can you can me, you that, use this, this? Can you show the screenshot you had in, in, in slide number four, which is more interesting? Yes, it's the original thing he said. Well, I'm, I don't know if I captured that one. I might. Let me see. Um, I don't think I have a different one than this one. I have this one. And I've got that and this and this. I don't, I don't see anything. Oh, my bad again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was not helpful. All, all I've got is this one. I don't oh, yes. actually have. Oh, yeah. So so what he said, I can I can I can just read out loud because this actually that's 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 the interesting part. So this funny dude, um, he was obviously obviously a guy who was who was raging against uh, against everything that's not liberal you know he was making a tweet i have it open here on um, 2021 he said like enough is enough make vaccines mandatory that was his tweet in 2021 one year later he said like the only person who should have control over your personal medical decisions is you not politicians you and I said, like, hey, David, I'm confused. That's the only thing I wrote. You know, I was like making the screenshot of these two tweets. So, like, I'm confused. And he was just going at Omina. He was 
he was going totally crazy, totally crazy against me. So like, I'm I'm in low intelligence and whatever. Like, I was just showing his his hypocrisy. And then he wrote stuff like a lot of eight dollar um, chuckle fuck transphobic Ellen Dick writers, stuff like that. He's like going totally crazy. He doesn't get me. He thinks we are the crazy people. We are the crazy people. And there would be a big big difference in injecting someone with an experimental gene therapy and abortion in in, in month of nine. He said like abortion is. You, I mean, like you can do it until the baby is born. And that's like, that's a super crazy take. Um, and he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. But I mean, like he, he's getting, he's getting ratioed. I've never seen a person getting ratioed that much. I think it's like, uh, but whatever he's, I think he's, he's having a, he's having a hard day. And um, this actually shows me that there are many people who think alike, like us, like he had his great time when he was pushing gene therapy on people. But now after 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 literally all these months um it turns out that um yeah that that people try to understand and he was he was quoting me and he has 8000 comments on his tweet right now it will be more than 10000 in one hour and he has 2000 likes so he's getting ratioed a lot and he still doesn't understand he's still raging on his timeline and saying like the conservatives are not even conservative i'm i'm a total libertarian but he said like oh, the right-winged extremists and uh, look what they do they uh, yeah they have bigots you know you know how these people are but i mean that's i think this is what i find important now these days just like looking okay how, what did people say in the past because the same people who are now pushing for climate lockdowns for um, digital currencies etc they all were um, were like cheering for the wrong thing regarding COVID, we shouldn't forget. So digging up um, old sins is something <laughs> that I love to do these days. So, uh, but it, it's that emo it's a giveaway. And so, uh, you know, I'm I'm pointing at the screen where I'm looking at it. But uh, David David Levitt there is just to me he's he's a uh, uh, just a fractal representation of a lot of people who are losing their minds right now, yeah. right? And so. There's a number of ways we can characterize them. One, they tend to use ad hominem as a as a go-to. They don't go to the data first, right? Um, you know, I've seen, I can't even tell you how many column inches or, you know, digital pixel space that's been trashing RFK, but I'm still waiting. Like, you guys, this this is a slam dunk. If if it's this well known, if the body of literature has already been debated, this is easy. Just dig it up then, and show it to us. Chris, the, the thing is, it's not even them. My old faculty of, of mathematics and statistics in the Netherlands, you know, they always said, let the data speak. Let the data speak. Whenever I was pointing the data, they said like, no, it's scientific consensus. <laughs> you know, so I questioned the science. I'm like, okay, but, but you say, let the data, let's look at the data. No, no, unnecessary. You know, it's not just like people like David Levitt. It's, it's professors. It's, almost the whole academia were just like closing their eyes, maybe their ears even, and shutting the fuck up whenever they knew what was going on, which was, which is still an issue because almost nobody was speaking out. There are people who have strong personal beliefs like me and many others, of course, but the majority were either, either saying anything because like, oh, I have a family to feed. How often did I hear this sentence? I can't say anything. I have a family to feed. Okay, I don't. I mean, like, if everybody of us spoke up, we wouldn't have been in this in this situation. So I blame them as well. Those people who who remained uh, silent. Well, I, I think we have to start sectioning them out. There, there were the people who did speak up, very small cohort. Yeah. Once all of the dust is settled, trust me, in a year everybody will pretend they spoke up. 
yeah. um, because that'll be popular to do. Then there's a the silent majority who I think you're talking about. They should know better. They do know better, but still they stay silent because I got to feed my family. I'm worried about my job. But then there's these true believers, right? So in Matthias Desmet's, you know, mass formation, mass psychosis, whatever you want to call it, um, that 30% just basically become brown shirts, you know, burn witches and, yeah. you know, just go all David, leave it on this whole thing, right? Um, as, as a metaphor. So so uh, any sense that that we are any closer to breaking out of that, that, well, let me, let me just, let me just, let's frame it again. Cause you do such a great job. I got to learn, I got to, someday you got to teach a course on writing tweets that, that capture people. Um, but let's start with this one here. We're talking, you talk these cultural viruses and this mind virus here, um, infecting our society, corroding our values, contaminating our lifestyle. One, men are being feminized too. Women are being masculinized. So uh, the polarity is now gone. That makes things a lot less fun. Three, children being sexualized at an alarming rate. Four, adults being infantilized by design. And five, worse. Ooh, I cut it off. I freaked, I don't know what five is. So um, <laughs> I will look it up. I, I don't this this <laughs> mind virus, uh, is it getting worse? Is it getting better? And your theories on on how did, how did it even get started? Where did it come from? I have no clue. I, I never studied psychology. <laughs> I regret I didn't. I, I took a I took a minor course in architecture. It doesn't help me anyway. <laughs> it's like kind of useless. Uh, yeah. um, but I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I the, the thing which I know is that we could have that we observed the same um, during um, the, the brown shirt movement. You know, during the Third Reich, um, we. We were seeing the same when it was when McCarthyism was a thing against everybody who could be a communist. So there are always these people who 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 are like following um, people without thinking. I don't know what you call it because I'm not, not a psychologist. But what I observe and what why I'm afraid is that the current thing is changing. So COVID is, is seen as a past. Whenever I sometimes when I when I tell people how what do you think about this? Oh, it's the past. Let's not talk about this anymore. It's over. COVID is over. Accept this and stuff like this. But I mean, like, but you've been a perpetrator. I mean, like now it's climate. You're like totally in the climate scam as well. Like, so why shouldn't I talk about this? You know? And this is coming. I mean, the social, the social credit score, or maybe the Western, the Western version would be the carbon score, um, the climate lockdowns, the travel restrictions, um, mass surveillance, all of this is coming. And it's 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 scary. And the same people who are pushing the mandatory vaccines or are pushing the all these measures, they are now pushing the new narrative as well. So by shifting the narratives, they just, you know, they just make us forget what happened in the past. So who is going after Dr. Liana Wen? Who's going after Eric Topol? Who's going after Dr. Eric Ding? Nobody. Because there is a new current thing. I mean, you have new enemies, but you know, I don't forget. That's why I keep on posting, because it can't be that these like crisis actors will still be able to to continue their work in the future without without facing consequences. Yeah, I've I, I vacillate myself between hopeful, hopeless, because you know I keep thinking that there'll be this mass outbreak of common sense and you know common knowledge will finally break through and and people will finally understand and, and we'll all move on um i've given up on that so i i'm back down to vaclav really uh, totally i mean like of, 
What's that? I, th- I think I think if you now look at social media, there's so many more people who woke up. Still the minority. Yeah. Still the minority. Yeah. But more people yeah. woke up. And there are so many people now say, okay, they lied about COVID. Why would they say the truth about the climate? So this is a very positive thing. Right. But still, there's there's still the majority of the sound majority who still uh, goes along with what's happening. But more and more people are waking up. Maybe it takes two or three more iterations until we are really a, a Orwellian state or Orwellian world until until the majority wakes up. But then you know, you know there will be a revolution and things will start over again from 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 freedom back to um, to restriction. I mean, like it's always circles. We we could see throughout history, like from the Roman Empire until now, it's always like it's always cycles cycles of of freedom until uh, suppression and i think we are we are in the very hot phase right now yeah i'm i'm uh, currently plowing through it's like this massive book it feels like this thick it's about this thick but it's um tragedy and hope by quigley who who uh bill clinton was he, he was a professor of uh, political science at georgetown and and bill clinton when he had his inauguration address only mentioned one person by name is super influential on him when when he was uh accepting the presidency back in the 90s and that was Quigley, this guy, and and uh, <laughs> opening paragraphs, like paragraph two, traces the arc of why empires decline. And this guy's super student in history. So he's, you know, looking at the Mesopotamian, the Persian cultures, Egyptian, on and on and on, and says, huh. And when you, when you read this paragraph, I wish I had it in front of me because it just reads like today, you know, yeah. it, it's just a very old cycle. Uh, empires expand beyond sort of the rational point. It becomes about bureaucracy sustaining itself for its own sake it doesn't have to make sense but there's this sort of decadence that that begins to accompany it which is that whole sexualization of children all your values and mores basically begin to break down and it begins to turn into nonsense and then ultimately you have uh, the the representation of a dog king which is um in thailand i think they actually had a dog be king for a while because why not you know current king was a little nuts so he elevated his dog to be a king and it's a very demoralizing thing when you have a dog king, right? Because you all have to pretend as if this is okay. And of course, that's President Biden at this point in mind. My, my, he's obviously not fit for duty, right? Um, yeah. Obviously. And anybody would know that. And of course, we have to pretend like that's not the case. So at any rate, I'm just, I, I think we're just going through something people have gone through and it doesn't make it any better. It's It's disturbing. It's upsetting. There's no particular point you can land on the the spanish college zozobra which you know means it's it's anxiety but it's anxiety where you're trying to hold two irreconcilable points of view and you can't you can't figure out which one belongs in your frame of view right um so given that i think we have to build these parallel structures which is like you know we need to find the doctors who will actually doctor again and we need to find the architects who will build us actual things of beauty again and we need to find all those things again for ourselves because it's not it's not coming from the center i I think that's my personal view can't be recovered i don't think it's repairable at this point personal what do you think most likely it's not um because the society is too divided it's not just in the u.s it's everywhere there is no single country i'm aware of and i'm associated with brazil netherlands germany and also also u.s so in all these countries, the society is highly divided. So um, 10 years ago, you could just like go, go to the pub with your friends, the leftists, rightists, and you could just have a talk and agree to disagree. It's impossible these days, really impossible. There are those who call me a grandma murderer for being unvaccinated. And there are those like Simon 
you are really saving many lives for, for publishing your vitamin D stuff. So these these two friends are so far apart. There's there's no consensus that can be made because the I I say the leftists, the liberals, you call them yes, they move so far to the left, to the authoritarian um left that I mean like there's no more middle. The middle is shifted so much that you actually cannot cannot find any consensus. Um and that's what I at least what I observe is my own perception and it other people might might not share my view but i think this is where we are right now and it's very hard to get people back to rationality which i consider the rather center right um, part of the society i think they're they're quite rational they're like um, number focused they're a bit concerned of course there's the total extremist right as well that that are like okay only jesus can save us you know um these people um but uh yeah i'm i'm i think um what needs to happen is that the media changes the tone that uh atheists and religious people can find together again talk about things that that um communists and total capitalists can 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 find some common sense for society but this doesn't work whenever whenever the media is is, is dividing us and saying like look there's there's anti-vaxxers and there's there's people who really care for the future, for diversity, but it's, it's not like that. It's really not like that. And unfortunately, the, the mainstream media became extremist and totally irrational. Um, and they are the people who reach people because people are still um, watching TV, unfortunately. So only a few people watch your YouTube channel and say like, oh, what, what, what Chris saying is like, wow, it's, it's amazing. It makes sense. But no, they watch like CNN and they... They they're radicalized. They're really radicalized because you don't radicalize at all. I think what 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 you say, like maybe I do a bit, but not really. So of course the way I tweet is a bit is a bit pushy. But I mean, like your analysis are very rational, and 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 people who would watch your show, even Joe Rogan's show or, or Tucker Carlson, they would they would they would usually say like, okay, what he's saying makes sense. But whenever you're just exposed to the New York Times, <laughs> Washington Post, you you don't see the other part. You don't see that we are actually quite okay people who just want the best for society and that we don't want, that we don't, that we are not the Nazis <laughs> that the media claims we are, you know? And and that's, that's, that's a problem that cannot be solved easily because what do you do with all the journalists? I mean, like in a way, like, can you replace them with, with other people? No, you don't because every, every news station has an owner with own interests and they are, are most likely, um more or less controlled by the government or what we know by the CIA. I think the CIA owns a lot and the FBI has has quite some influence as well. So it's it's not a problem that can solve itself. It's not a problem we can solve. It's a problem that will be solved um, over time whenever there's really an, an outrage. I think that outrage is coming um in a sense. And, and so you know how there's lots of ways to run a revolution, right? And and so what I love is the revolution that the power has already been revealed, Bud Light, right? Look what happens yeah. when people finally get pissed off enough, right? That that brand is now damaged, destroyed. They lost 12 Sigma market share. You know, it's just, it happened, yeah. right? So the people still have the power. So, so that's point one, um, I think of this great awakening is understanding that there are more of us than there are of the gatekeepers, right? So the gatekeepers is a tiny, you know, bunch of elites. They went to the right colleges. They all hang out together. They hang out on Wall Street. They sit on the same boards. There's not that many of them. And, but they they convince us that we are alone and fractured. And that's why they love to have the media 
move on to the next hobgoblin, as H.L. Mencken put it, right? The next thing, right? If it's not North Korea, it's Iran. If it's not Iran, it's Syria. If it's not Syria, it must be Russia. If it's not Russia, it's got to be climate change. And on and on and on. And it'll never stop, right? And people will get crisis fatigue, right? It's like yeah. the media wants us riding on the front of the Humvee in Fallujah all day, every day, right? And it wears people down. And yet people are waking up. And I think that's part one is to just say, you have some power in the story. And, and the first power we have is to withdraw our consent from falling victim to their crap, right? Yeah. That's it. So we get to choose to say, oh yeah, no thanks. I'm not I'm not buying your propaganda today, um, you know, or whatever your story is. And, and I think that's why they're so terrified. I, I read the panic in the Hotezes and the Leavitts and all these other people, right? That they, they, They're scared that they're, they've been revealed to have no clothes that this this emperor is naked right they're scared yeah. of of the loss of their privilege and 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 so they're defending a system that fundamentally they can't even allow a single question to be asked because then the whole thing falls apart that's how fragile it is like now we can't have a single you know conversation about do these things work settled science right uh, that's the tell and and so i actually see profound weakness in their position yeah do you remember monkeypox <laughs> remember what the monkey pox yeah 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 and they put an actual satanist in charge of that for a couple of weeks yeah. if i remember right exactly uh, and like they even they even like introduced a vaccine i think so um i mean like people were not buying it so i think that's how they test us you know it's like let's introduce something let's see if they're still buying it people were like no it's like it's really crisis fatigue fatigue and um and we can see it also now with Russia. People, people uh, like several years ago, be like, "Oh, Russia is the evil. We all need to support Ukraine." Now they're like, "Okay, well, the other part of the story is very legitimate as well. Like Russia has their reasons for what they're doing. Doesn't mean that it's good, but they have their good reasons, you know. And why should we support Nazis and Nazis and cocaine addicts in, in Ukraine? Why do we send all the money over there while we cannot even uh, um, like um, pay, pay like homes for homeless people?" So uh, there, there are many, many questions people are raising, and I think this hypocrisy, um, like of the Biden administration especially, is can be exposed very well on social media, like Twitter, like because you just take their own statements and just put them into comparison, and people are waking up slowly but surely. Yeah, and that's great, and and um, I want to uh, leave this here out in public, and I want to, I want to just. We'll, we'll turn now to some private stuff. In particular, I want to talk to you very specifically about your homestead uh, because it's a very important instructive lessons there, but also what you do for your own health and, and some recommendations and things you can do to help people become healthier as they come out of this. But before we turn off this public part, how do people find you? How do they follow you? And um, all of that. Oh, just just hit the, the follow button, I guess, on, on Twitter. I'm most likely on Twitter is Dr. Simon Godek. There are, I think, more than 100 fake accounts. So <laughs> follow the right one, please. It's Godek et al. Just like you, you, you would cite me on a scientific paper. Uh, G-O-D-D-E-K-E-T-A-L. And I also have Telegram for those who don't who don't trust Elon Musk. Um, it's just Godek, just my surname, G-O-D-D-E-K. And these are the two platforms I use. And yeah, that's about it. And if you want to, if you want to send me an email, um, just go to my vitamin D website, it's Sunfluencer, just like the influencer with the sun, Sunfluencer. And there's a contact form. You can just write me an email and I'll reply, I reply to every email. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Um, 
and uh, we will uh, we'll do this again soon.